Welcome to Pivoting to Web3. Our experiences, opportunities, limitations, and downward spirals with guests and our hosts are going to be vulnerable to you, our audience. We're looking forward to talking to you, sharing with you, and getting educated. So once again, this is Donna Mitchell, host of Pivoting to Web3. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, we're back again, and this is the most exciting time. And we're going to talk about royalties, royalties, royalties. Noble Dracon is back with Band Royalty to give you some more education, understanding, and the benefits, but from the royalty standpoint. And that is what I really want to share and exciting about. This is going to be a different year, everybody. We're going to take off and grab this and keep going and make sure everybody benefits and what's happening in a decentralized environment. So Noble, give us an explanation on how the royalties work with band royalty. Hey, Donna. Uh, I think I, I, in our, I appreciate having me on the show again. As always, it's a pleasure. Uh, you got one of the best shows on Web3. And, and Thank you. I really enjoy in talking to you. And I think you, you bring a whole different perspective. Uh, as opposed to a lot of the crypto bros that are out there, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I know a lot of them and they're nice and they're all great, but I like the, you know, your professionalism, how you, how you really approach the space. I think you, you make it accessible for people. So thanks a lot for having me on the show again. Thank you for uh, having me. Oh, for sure. So band royalty, uh, you know, didn't just show up. So I try to explain to people that I actually got involved in the music industry back in the late nineties. Um, my cousin at the time was interested in getting involved uh, and, and really just put out his own music. And, you know, fortunately, he's alive. But at the time, he was shot seven times because yeah. he was getting out of the gang life and he was trying to transition and he survived. But we couldn't release the music and he couldn't do shows. And so at the time, I started learning about the music royalty side of the business and understanding how it operated, how it functioned. And it just so happened that we had our producer, our music producer was the same music producer for Coolio. And Coolio was putting out his own act called Replacements. And it was a little bit of an odd time for uh, rap and rap music because at the time Tupac had passed away, Biggie had passed away. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like there was a moratorium on anything that was West Coast and West Coast rap. Things had shifted and the environment had shifted. And even our music got shelved at the time once we really decided to put it out. Uh, so we really were looking for, and I was really looking for a way to recoup my initial investment in the music industry. And so I, I learned at the time that people like Coolio and people, uh, different performers, while they're living a certain lifestyle, the royalties came in different forms. So if you had a brand new song, you may not see the royalties from that for nine to maybe 12 to 15 months. Your bills are still every month. Or if you have music that was already producing income, you only got your checks quarterly. If you're lucky enough to get what's called a single licensing deal, you might get monthly checks or you might get a one-time payment to get your music in, in a movie. So it was very interesting to understand and really dive into the fact that musicians needed help. And oftentimes, when they went to the record labels, they got the worst deals for their music uh, yeah. acquisition. Oftentimes, you know, you'd sell out all your rights for a song for pennies on the dollar because the time value of money. 
most people realize that it's cheaper to get a lump sum all up front than wait for inflation and uh, cost of goods being going up over time and eroding your funds. You know, that's my finance degree kicking in right there, right? So so the reality is people want their money now. And uh, I learned quickly that I could actually lend and um, buy royalty streams and give a way better deal as a private individual to a lot of musicians than them going or cutting the deals directly with the music labels. And so I really got involved in buying music royalties or doing short-term buys on certain timeframes or the like. And so when blockchain started to really explode, I was already involved in buying music royalties and had been building up a personal portfolio of music royalties. And all of a sudden I talked to my business partner at the time and my co-founder of Band Royalties says, hey, people don't really know that you can share in the income from famous performers. He's like, don't you have access to you know performers like Justin Timberlake and et cetera. I said, well, I don't have personal access, but I know how to buy the music royalties and how we can share in the income streams. And so we bought a 56 song catalog from a, a producer uh, who produced stuff from on Cher's albums, Demi Lovato, uh, uh, was a significant contributor to the Justin Timberlake 2020 album, uh, had done some stuff with Rihanna, done some stuff with Beyonce. And so we got a whole catalog of about 56 songs and introduced that to the blockchain for the first time. People, regular people realized they could share in income streams in music royalties. Uh, and we did it differently, right? So post us doing it, I've seen um, the Chainsmokers put out songs, Snoop Dogg, other people uh, put out songs. They did it as an individual song basis. Mm-hmm. And our whole focus was that an individual song could only produce a certain amount of income over time. And it would always diminish after the first few years. There are some evergreen songs, but the reality is the first two to three years of a song is the is really the majority of the income derived. So for us, we said, look, we wanted people not to own fractional ownership, but to participate in an ecosystem that acquired music royalties and really start educating people on how music royalties work and the different types of music royalties they can participate, but then they can actually share in anything and everything that band royalty acquires over the years and really participate in a Web3 music label and not just individual songs, which runs into a whole series of issues. So you walked right into it. There are different royalties. What are the different royalties? So when uh, someone sees someone like... um, you know who's who's your favorite musician, Donna? Because I know you were in the music industry for a little bit back in the day. So who's your favorite? Musician? I like. I'm in, I'm in smooth jazz. I'm all the way. Kenny okay. G, Gerald Albright, okay. Um, Beasley. Okay. So let's say Kenny G. So Kenny G, um, great performer, but every t- every song that he puts out, oftentimes has about six to seven people involved in some respect. Mm-hmm. Right. You have the different engineers, you have the different music producers, you have the people who are mixing and mastering. You may even have multiple composers to help him design the song. So he may have the actual song, but then he may have other people coming in composing and adding composition to improve the song. And so every song is almost like a mini film, to be honest. Now, you often have clusters of people working together, 
But every single one of those people can get paid one of two ways. They can get paid work for hire or they can share in the royalty streams. And there's multiple royalty streams to be shared in. So you have the publishing side where if, you know, you say, I love Kenny G and you say, okay, I'm going to get a piece of Kenny G's music and I'm going to actually learn how to play it myself. That's part of the music publishing side. Someone will actually mm-hmm. get Kenny G's music, create it, write it up, and then sell it to you to be the person who can actually perform that Kenny G song. But there's also the other side of that, the person who actually wrote it, who isn't necessarily exploiting the publishing, but they wrote the song. So maybe Kenny G and a buddy, or maybe it's Kenny G only. So that's publishing. So there's two sides to that. People who wrote it and people who exploit it. And they both get royalties on that. That's one form of income. There's the mechanical royalties. Depending on where you listen to Kenny G, you can listen to him on the radio, you can listen to him streaming, wherever you're listening to him. All of a sudden, there's a royalty based on the recording that was created, and that's a mechanical royalty. So every time it's played, a certain amount has to be paid out for that particular creation. Then there's the performance royalties, that every time that song is played somewhere, you can actually 100% generate income because the performer is actually separated from the writer or the publisher. It could be the same person, but the performer needs to generate income too. So that's why you'll hear a lot of people do cover songs. They didn't write it because the writer's getting his money through the publishing, but they actually covered it. One of the most famous covers is I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. She did not write I Will Always Love You. Dolly Parton wrote I Will Always Love You. But Whitney Houston as a performer, yeah, Whitney Whitney Houston as a performer put her foot in it. And she (laughs) made that a living song that was everywhere. Well, she gets her royalties for performing the song. And it's on you, whether it's on YouTube, on television, on the radio, she gets royalties because she put her stamp on it. And Dolly Parton gets her royalties based on her writing the song. And the publisher who put the music out gets his royalties. So both of them get paid for this beautiful song, right? And so those are three ways. Another way to generate income is called sync licensing. And sync licensing, and you're probably hearing it now, Don, I'm probably more than ever. Isn't it odd how a lot of commercials now are playing a lot of old 70s, 80s, and yeah. 90s pop mm-hmm. clips? In the, you know, I'm seeing uh, uh, laundry detergent commercials playing songs from uh, 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 Wu Tang and all. I mean, like clip. It's not a full song. It's snippets, modifications, etc. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, but that's sync licensing, meaning that the music is synced up to the visual there, and they have to pay for those rights. Sometimes the companies will actually pay outright and say, "Okay, every time I do a commercial, I get to use your music. So here's a hundred thousand dollars from Tide, or a million dollars from Tide." And they put it in all their commercials and put it everywhere, knowing that. They're going to get a new demographic to buy their product because that music's in it. Or you have someone like Merv Griffin and, you know, again, I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit, but Merv Griffin is the creator of Jeopardy. There's a little tune that goes, do, 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 do. Okay. I won't say no more because I want to charge us for that. But (laughs) Merv Griffin wrote that song originally for his son that then became 
the theme song for Jeopardy. And Merv Griffin's estate has made over $70 million off of that song. Wow. Because every time that song plays, they get $8.25. Jeopardy has been syndicated across the world. It plays on every television station, etc. And so every time it plays, everywhere it plays, and that song has been synced up to it, they've gotten $8.25 or $8.75. Fact check me at some point, but it's in that range. And the reality is, every time that song plays, they get a check. So, the idea of band royalty is that since there's all these different music royalty streams, and there's those are the four big ones, uh, and they're split up into five different mm-hmm. layers. The idea was every time a song plays, anyone who participates in band royalty benefits whether it's an increase in the value of our token, increase in the NFTs, increase in the staking aspect. The idea was that you're part of an ecosystem that as we acquire more music and you being a part of the ecosystem at the base level is either a founder or being one of our founder NFT holders or participating at that level, you get a chance to share in part of the income stream of all the music royalties we get. There's also what's called master music royalty or master rights. I don't know if you guys or if you heard about it, but uh, the person that originally had uh, all of Taylor Swift's original music mm-hmm. and original masters was still generating income from those masters, meaning that because they fronted and put up the money, to create those records and albums and they may have comp, you know, hired the musicians the like mm-hmm. that actual recording is considered a master and you can make money off the masters. Every time you print it up, you own the ability to print up vinyl, you print up the ability to create CDs and you can always resell that. You can make box sets and that masters generates you a certain level of income as well. And so even when band royalty steps into the space and we acquire master rights for different music that we can now print as vinyl or even match up with syncing or publish, these are all income streams that allow our ecosystem to grow robustly and be a Web3 music label. We're not just focusing on being a one-trick pony of being just Web3. Our goal is to intersect what's happening in Web2 to Web3 and then open up the floodgates to allow everyday people to participate in a full-blown ecosystem that involves all the music royalties, performance rights, master rights, sync rights, mechanical rights, all those things that allow them to share in the income as opposed to just sharing in the royalty in one song in one place. They get a chance to be part of a Web3 music label. And it's very, very unique. We are the first, and to date, we are the only one that are focusing on developing a full Web3 music label, utilizing blockchain, and then sharing that information, sharing that ask, access to everyone and creating a whole decentralized ecosystem that allows both the fans and the musicians to interact and kind of have a sandbox to play in. And then that sandbox, that's a global sandbox right now, isn't it? From anywhere? It's a global sandbox. We can, I mean, that's the beauty of it. We, you know, we, we, so um, United States is very unique in our music royalty structure, but in Russia, there is no royalty. Uh, and this is, yeah, in, in Russia, there is no uh, royalty system. In India, it's a little bit different. You know, most of the music that's done work for hire and the music that's created is owned by the actual studios. 
in so the movie studios in Bollywood. So by us giving musicians across the world and various new outlets and then giving them access to different places, we can actually increase royalties for them, create new income royalty streams for them, and then also allow fans to participate in all of these different new structures and new access that we're creating. So in the band royalty scheme of things, you come in as a founder or into this area, you really can have not only a lot of fun, but you can make a lot of money and you also can collect the NFTs and really be part of the ownership with the bands and still move into Web3 or still have a little bit of a foot in Web 2. So it sounds like it's the best of both worlds. Let me just go ahead and say it. It's the best no, of both worlds. The only thing I'll say is make a lot of money is relative. You know, it's not like we're telling people we're going to make millions and billions. The intent is that you are actually participating in making it easier for musicians not to have to rely on an ecosystem in which 82% of all the money goes to the corporations and only 14 to 16% right shared with the musicians. I think that there can be a balance in that space. And so I think that's a better way to put that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, you know, and most people don't understand it. When a dollar comes in for a musician in the regular music label experience, uh, only 14 cents of that dollar is ever given to the performers, the producers, the engineers, the writers, the other almost 86% falls on the corporate side, all the middlemen, all the distributors, and it, it advertising, marketing, all this stuff. And so it seems almost nearly um, criminal the way things are set up. Not saying that you know people shouldn't get paid along the way, and not saying that these people haven't helped the musicians, but it just seems such a massive disparity, disparity that the creators are getting really a fraction of the capital. And then the where the current system is, is getting the majority of it. And I think that if the fans had direct access and the way band royalty structured, and if the, if there's an opportunity for everything to be in with less middlemen along the way, then there's more money for the musicians and there's more money for the fans to participate behind the curtain, as opposed to just being solely consumers for those fans that want to jump in and be a part of a Web3 music label. So for us, it's just a better distribution of wealth and an ability to just make everything a little bit more equitable and fair, and then to create a fan structure that allows for super fans, people who want to be on the business side of it, to really engage, participate, and be a part of it in a greater way, as opposed to just consuming, actually being a producer and being a part of the production cycle. So before we close, what would you like to share or any final words for our audience in regards to band royalty? Yeah, I mean, the, the beauty of it is we, we've set it up that it's not very difficult to become uh, one of the founders and be a founder with me. And we've worked with people like you, Donna, for, year, for the last year or so to really work as ambassadors with us to bring people into our ecosystem really educate them on how royalties work and then show them that, yeah, this is not a get rich quick scheme, but it's a great way to participate in a Web3 music label and allow yourself to participate at a higher level of music authority than just being a consumer or being a passive consumer that just listens to streaming. And for those people that are really interested in in learning more and 
really stepping aside and maybe adding, like you said, a little bit of fun to your life and really looking behind the curtain on how music is done and, and, and participating in why music is done and how royalty streams work and, and how to participate in, in just a different level, then yeah, they should definitely reach out to you and, and learn, uh, you know, full disclosure, you're one of our founders as well. Uh, and really understand that this is a unique opportunity for those people who want to see some kind of change in the music industry. We're, you know, we're learning because we're doing things new, but we'd love to have more people who want to learn and be a part of the journey with us. And I would love to reach and meet any of those that are interested in being with band royalty. I'm one of the ambassadors. I'm proud to be an ambassador. I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot that I want to get involved even further. So here we are on Pivoting to Web3, and we are pivoting in a new way to band royalty with Noble Dracon. And thank you for listening. This is Donna Mitchell and Pivoting to Web3. And if you're interested, connect with me at connectwithdonnapmitchell.com. Connect with DonnaPMitchell.com. That's right. I'm saying my middle initial P and wonder what it's for. It's for pivoting. Take care. Have a good weekend, week, next day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome, 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 and welcome to Pivoting in Web3. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Pivoting to Web3 at pivotingtoweb3.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that it gets to you with every episode that comes out. We have lots of great opportunities, limitations, and downward spirals being revealed by our guests. And thank you in advance for all your reviews and comments. I appreciate you so much. I look forward to serving you in the next week's episode.